From totally biased to last week tonight with John Oliver, comedian, producer, and writer Kevin Avery on Pop Culture Confidential. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro. Thank you for listening. This week, I'm very happy for the chance to speak to Kevin Avery, stand-up comedian, producer, and an award-winning writer on HBO's Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, which has its season premiere on Sunday, February 14th. John Oliver, formerly a correspondent on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, has had huge success with his weekly show, a humorous recap of politics and current events. And many of the show's funniest pieces have had some real-life impact, crashing websites and even inspiring legislation. Kevin Avery was one of the writers on, for example, the much-talked-about net neutrality piece. The cable companies will say, oh, they support net neutrality protections, or they remain committed to the open internet, or just the tip. But <laughs> let, me, let me remind you, they also say that they'll be at your house between 2 and 6 tomorrow afternoon. And does any part of you really expect them to f***ing turn up? And yet... Our government looks set to end net neutrality and let these companies run hog wild, and we're just going to let them. And you know why? It all comes back to this. It seeks comment on ways to construe additional language in Section 706 and even suggests using Section 230B to broaden the scope of the commission's usurped authority. Oh, my God, how are you still so dull? And and that's the problem. The cable companies have figured out the great truth of America. If you want to do something evil, put it inside something boring. Originally from San Francisco, Kevin Avery is a sought-after television writer. He's written for VH1's Best Week Ever and was head writer on the critically acclaimed FX series Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell, co-created and produced by comedian Chris Rock. Together with Kamal Bell, Kevin Avery also hosts one of the best podcasts around, with the very self-explanatory title, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. On the show, they talk about, who else, Denzel Washington and his performances, with an array of great guests. Mr. Avery, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for uh, having me. Good to be here. Now, that podcast is just so great. You guys basically dissect every movie that's made that features Denzel Washington with some really awesome guests. Um, what did you think of his Lifetime Achievement Award speech at the Globes? Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was fun to watch. I mean, the thing about him is that he's so um, he's always so together. He's he's always very um, you know he just. It's fun to see Denzel kind of go up there and go, this is crazy. Uh, oh, I don't have my glasses. Oh, uh, what? Who? Oh, I forgot to thank my family. They're standing right here. And it, so that was really fun to see. And it was also really cool to see how um, revered he is. You know, I mean, the, it was funny to watch uh, Tom Hanks quiet the room down and the room kind of going, yeah, we got it. Yeah, I know we're all sitting here drinking and everything, but we kind of have to quiet down because Denzel is about to get this award. So, how did this uh, man crusher idea start? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's Kamau and I. You know, we uh, we've been friends for a long time, and so and we were roommates, and we used to just we would talk about Denzel. I think sort of when um, maybe it was Training Day when Training Day came out, we sort of. Um, 
figured out our mutual love for Denzel because we both saw it together. <laughs> and, uh, and there were a couple other Denzel movies too. So we would always just talk about Denzel among other, you know, pop culture stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, it sort of developed from there. And then one day he called me, he was like, let's do a, uh, we were going to do a documentary about Denzel. Oh, and then really? he called me and was like, let's do, let's make it a podcast and we'll just talk about him and we'll just go through all the movies. And, and so that's sort of where all that came from. You're listening to Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time period with W. Kamau Bell, award-winning, critically acclaimed comedian. And Kevin Avery, a stringer writer on a successful comedy show. Hunt for Red October, one of my favorite movies. Of, that's another one I could just put in and watch okay. over and over again. You know, so, yeah. But this, this isn't one of, like, my top five, but I love... There's so much... There's so many, like, good lines in there. There's so many great moments. Um, this is an... Oh, by the way, a 1995 movie, and it's... And it, just to be clear about the other movies of 95 that were big hits. Like yeah, what, I think what era of Denzel is this? This is the He Got Game era of Denzel this he was the man the this man is, yeah. when you, this is one of those movies where like people are like it's a Denzel Washington movie like it's it was yeah. clearly it was you know the poster is half his face and half uh, is it Gene or, Hackman yeah so it's it's Gene Hackman is obviously a Hollywood royalty Hollywood legend yeah and Denzel was going toe to toe with him in this movie literally because yeah. there's not enough room in the submarine to move around <laughs> So this is the, he got game, he's the man. People knew what they were getting with Denzel when they went to a Denzel movie. Yeah. And this movie was deli- was promising to deliver on those things. This De- was like when you see uh, the Karate Kid and 2 and he does the the kick where he tries to do the, the crane kick again. You're like, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. I paid for this. Daniel San's going to do that. This, you were paying for the things that we often think of when we think of Denzel Washington. And before we move on, which is your favorite, the movie, I mean, performance? Um, uh, it, A Crimson Tide. Oh really? I love. I like a good submarine movie. Um, I, I love Gene Hackman and Denzel kind of going at it, and it's very claustrophobic. There are all these great performances. All these, you know, I mean, uh, James Gandolfini, Rocky Carroll. There's so many, so many good. Um, it's just great. It's a really tense movie. I like that. I love that you love a good submarine movie too. It's a very specific set. It's very cool. <laughs> Hunt for Red October? Are you kidding me? Come yes. on. <laughs> and you've also worked with Chris Rock, and that was the Globes, and here we have all the Oscar boycott. How do you think he's going to do with the Oscar boycott and everything going on right now? I think he um, is happy to be in the middle of that. That's oh, yeah? where, you know, I mean, we were talking about this on the, po- on the podcast. This feels like a, he would want to be in the middle of that, you know, because it's a, it's a thing. It's It's happening, and it's and um, I think there's no better place Chris, uh, you know, could be, you know, right in the middle of all that to talk about it, to put it in people's faces. And because, um, you know, I mean, it is it's it's one thing for people to, you know, express, well, I feel this way on the Internet and oh, I got this and someone puts out a video and someone, you know, and I think it's another thing to be at the Oscars and who knows what he's going to do. But I mean, you remember the last time he hosted, uh, it's, it's another thing to be, to have him be at the Oscars and have someone saying something there about it and kind of, um, holding people's feet to the fire on it. So, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to get some good things out there. Yeah. Mm. Um, And it'll be funny. So, you know, uh, how was it like working for him, writing for him? What was he like? Uh, you know, he, he really pushes you to, because we were all new, 
not all of us, but there were a lot of us that were, you know, this was, it was my first writing job and, and um, a lot of writers on the staff are totally biased. It was their first writing job. And so he uh, kind of, you know, he's not afraid to just tell you what he thinks or he what He was the executive producer, right? Sorry, I'm just for the yeah. listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember uh, uh, there was um, maybe a third or fourth episode, you know, we were still uh, just a, a weekly show and we'd done a taping and everyone's hanging out afterwards and there's all this sigh of like, ah, oh, we did it. Isn't it great? Aren't we wonderful? You know? <laughs> and, um, and I remember he, uh, he was talking to three or four writers somewhere. He was standing off like in a doorway and it, we were all still getting used to him to seeing Chris Rock just sort of walking around, you know, in, in down the hallway or standing in your office. So it was, you know, it was like, oh, let's see what Chris is over there talking about. And I'm, I, I wandered over there and he was kind of like, not yelling, but like dressing this group of writers down, like, you know, telling us, you're not doing this. And you're not, I remember him telling us, you're not writing enough jokes. This was like our third episode. You're not writing enough jokes. And, and people were kind of like, Oh boy. Okay. You know, there's three other writers standing there like, Oh boy. And, and it was hard to hear, but I remember walking away going, maybe we're not writing enough jokes. And that changed the way I looked at everything I wrote for the show. Um, from then on, you know, is this a joke or, or is this kind of soft? Is this a hard joke or is this, you know? And, and so it was great to have someone, if it, He's what? a perfectionist. That's why he's Chris Yeah. <laughs> and why have him there if he's not going to sort of give you what he's learned over the years? So, um, Why did you start um, writing comedy? Um, I mean, for me, it all really just started with stand-up, you know? I mean, I, I've always been a performer, and I, I write because I can and because I like to. I like telling stories and so, but you know, all these things, when you, when you start doing stand up, a lot of these things kind of go hand in hand and, um, whether you're, Oh, look, he's in this sketch over here. Oh, oh, oh now he's writing this, um, video thing. And now he's, you know, so you've worked on some great shows. You've been particularly sought after when you were contacted by, um, last week tonight, whoever it was who contacted you for the writing position. What, what did you think of John Oliver and the idea they had? And, and, and what were you thinking? Well, nobody knew, um, what, you know, what the show necessarily would, would be at least not to any specific degree. Um, so, you know, I was just a fan like everybody else. And, uh, he's of him on the daily show on the daily show and just elsewhere, you know, I mean, he turns up on community and oh, look at there there he goes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I was just a fan of his and, um, and, was excited to have the the opportunity and you submitted a package could, could you maybe talk to the listeners what is a package what is it when you say that as writers so with um depending on what type of show it is you uh so if you're gonna if you're submitting if you want to write for say a sitcom um, you're getting, you know, modern family or what, you know, whatever you're going to submit a, a, maybe a spec or a, or a pilot or something so that they can see what you've written and that that's what you do when Your you're going to submit for like the daily show or like for totally biased, um, uh, or even for, you know, uh, for best week ever. Um, and last week tonight, they, they send you guidelines. We are, we're looking for this and we're looking for this. So we would like you to, um, you know, write a run of jokes on 
this topic. That's what best we could ever ask for. Uh, give us a run of jokes on the MTV Video Awards. Those just came up. And then write, uh, pitch some ideas for, um, you know, the cast members to do various bits and things like that. Do you remember what it was for Last Week Tonight? For Last Week Tonight, it was, um, oh, I think they just wanted kind of a, a, like a, a headline script or, you know, write on this topic, right? Um, write some international stuff, write a, uh, you know, a thing about uh, something going on within the U.S. Yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. And do you remember what you wrote? I wrote about the Pope. Um, one of my favorite stories was that the Pope released, uh, he was having some kind of prayer, and he released um, a, some, some white doves, or him and two children, they released these white doves <laughs> into the air after the, uh, right after the prayer, and in front of these children, um, two crows or ravens, somebody swooped down and oh, attacked no. them. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> and, and so I wrote about that, and, um, and there was also a snowstorm happening, and I kind of wrote about how, you know, New York was reacting to that. And, um, oh, and something about a ship full of rats. Okay. <laughs> headed to England, and they, and they couldn't stop it. It was <laughs> so. I mean, and they I liked it. I guess so. I have very silly sensibilities, so you know. I mean, I I like kind of absurd stories, and 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 um, I like to play with those. So, so the new season is starting on February fourteenth, and and while you're on hiatus from a show like this, I mean, so many things happen. We have like. Palin endorsing Trump and Flint and Charlotte Rampling and the Oscars and you've got your blizzards over there and making do you guys like go crazy on hiatus like oh my god we have to cover that and text message each other too and <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all learned to just sort of go well I guess hopefully some other stuff will happen when we get back on the air <laughs> you know it's not I remember um Kamau used to text me or send me an email when something would would go down while we were like something because there were certain stories that were just so perfect for like totally biased and he would be like oh my god i can't believe you can't cover this like it was just stuff like that would happen i think anytime you're on a show like this and there's news happening that's just funny or or absurd or you know or just huge and and should be covered it's yeah there's a little bit of a oh man why can't we be on the air right now type of attitude but you know News never stops uh, coming. It's just so. that for us, the viewers who really love love your show, we can be like, oh, my God, that would be I would so want to hear their comments on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Get to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'd love to talk about it. Yeah. Um, can you describe a day um, in the writer's room at last week tonight? Everyone is sort of off on their own on, you know, writing their own assignments. And so um, it's very different from, I think you know, other, what other writers' rooms could be. Best Week Ever was the same way, totally biased. I mean, there were, you know, basically we would meet uh, in the morning and there's a meeting, oh, and, and, and sort of people go over, um, you know, John goes over, oh, I like this idea, I like that, or, you know. Um, and then we all kind of just scatter and, and spend the rest of the day writing on, you know, our own stuff or pitching things. Um, that's typically how it is with, with most of these shows. Are you a mixed group of researchers, comedians, journalists type of thing? No, we're, I mean, it's, it's a, we're all, it's all comedy writers and we have a research department. So, you know, and some of those folks have 
different backgrounds and like journalism and stuff like that. Would you like call them? Because some of your stories are incredibly well researched and documented and he has papers on his desk saying you called oh, yeah. that state department and they said, I mean, do you do you, would you like if you're doing a story like that, call down to the research department and say, get me all this, the facts on this? Because your facts tend to be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to. Um, I mean, it's a it's a collaborative thing in that way. So, yeah, whatever I'm writing, they're kind of looking at and going, going, oh, hey, maybe this is not right. Or, oh, here's the thing that I just learned this fact is actually different or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, it's it's funny. The only show I haven't had a, like a research person on is uh, is Best Week Ever. Um, but like I'm totally biased. We had uh, there are several researchers on uh, last week tonight. I'm totally biased. There was, I think, like one guy. And we would, we would just go, Henry! And then he'd come running in, scurrying. He was like a little newsboy. And he was just coming in, yeah, what do you need? And, uh, <laughs> and you know, we could throw something at him. And he would, he would know it on the spot or he would run off, dig for about 10 minutes and come back and, like, lay out the whole thing. So on shows like, any, any shows like this, you know, The Daily Show and Last Week Tonight, you know, totally biased. Uh, I'm sure The Nightly Show, too. You, you sort of have your team or your research person that you regularly kind of go to and interact with. Okay, so help. you have a specific person that helps you, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many comedy writers are you? Oh, I think there are nine of us. Mm-hmm. And the same amount in, in the research team. Because some of the things you've uncovered are, are really sort of have been, I mean, even changed policy. There's so many things that are out of that I'm not an expert on. And so, you know, you, you take a story based on either, oh, I pitched this or uh, who wants to write on this? And you, all right, I will. And then, you know, you, you kind of, it's about learning and sort of figuring out, okay, what's this about and what's the story here? And, and, you know, how can we make this funny? So one of the things that, that is so excellent with what you guys do um, is it seems that you really care. Um, you care, you're frustrated by the system, the, the, the inequality or the story. There's like, there feels like, I mean, it's not just comedy. There's a real truth to what you're trying to do. Is that true? Well, I think you can't, here's the thing with comedy is in any form, I think you kind of have to care about it. So there has to be something behind it or, you know, it's, it's not as strong. It's not as funny, you know. Um, there is, you know, anyone can kind of make a frivolous joke about something. But then if you're, if you're talking about something, whether it's, it's on stage or you're writing it, and there's something really behind it and something that drives you to write it and something that um, you're passionate about, then that's where the funny comes from and that's where the jokes really kind of shine and, you know, and, and do their thing and, and resonate with people. Right, right. So yeah, I think, you know, sure. If we're going to talk about something, it's, it's important for us to, you know, to get it right. And it's something that we care about. Which are some of the pieces that are yours? One of my favorites, I, I worked on the, um, the sports illustrated every once in a while we do that. Uh, how is this still a thing? Right. And uh, I did one for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. The swimsuit issue is still moving copies. It sold more than 800,000 copies on newsstands in 2013. Reportedly more than 10 times what a regular issue of Sports Illustrated sold. Which raises the question, why? Sure, at one point, it was tantalizing to receive a once annual printed magazine of scantily clad women. But do people not understand they could now just type naked ladies into the internet and see what Google throws at them? Even as 
Psy seems to know it's losing relevance, which may be why every year, like clockwork, they provoke an attention-grabbing controversy, whether it's using other countries' citizens as props. Some are calling them, at best, culturally insensitive. Objectifying women with an actual object. Barbie. Yes, Barbie is on the cover of the swimsuit issue. And as you can imagine, there is outrage. Or this year, baiting the media with this bullshit. Some are questioning whether the cover is too lewd. Is it too risque? When the line goes this far, what's left? The vagina. The vagina is what's left. And one of these years, in an act of desperation, SI will probably put one on the cover. And until that time, it's left to the rest of us to ask ourselves, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. How is this still a thing? That was a great one. <laughs> Thank you. And um, I worked on the, uh, I don't know, a lot of them. I, <laughs> with the, the, the net neutrality, I worked on that. That was fun. Net neutrality was a real, that one really caused a lot, a lot of things to happen out for real, sort of, in the world. Yeah, I mean, I, that is on the world. And what people kind of take away from, you know, what, uh, you know, what we do on the show. That is, um, you know, and that's cool. Um, but it was just as much a surprise to us <laughs> as anybody else, I'm sure, you know. So, but, you know, that's, it's, we write these things we and we... You know, give them to John, and John puts it out there, and then we're on to the next thing. And so um, it's all about, all right, now what's, we're, let's talk about this. How can we make this funny? How can we, you know, so that's what it's all about for us. But talking in general as a writer from all the things you've done, um, is there something, can, can you joke about ev anything? Have, has, has there any, been anything particular in your career like, no, I can't go there, that? Well, here's the thing. Anytime I've gotten an assignment to do something, I've found a way to, <laughs> you know, to make, you know, to find the comic angle there and to write about that and make jokes about that. So I, I don't think I've ever taken something back and said, look, there's just, there's just nothing here we can do about that you know, or, you know, do with this. I think in my standup, there have certainly been things where I'm like, I just can't find the funny here. And it's not even, sometimes it's not that this topic is just too, I can't go into this. Sometimes it's just like, I don't know what the joke is. I can't, you know, that's, that is the, sometimes the struggle with comedy writing. It's like, I know this is funny, but why can't I figure out what the really, the funny thing about it is, or why can't I find the joke here? Um, I remember when I, you know, first started doing stand up. I had gone through a, a breakup in this, and uh, had this very painful conversation and I wanted to write about it but I couldn't for like two days. And then day three, I was like, boom, there it is. And I was just off to the races. And so I kind of, that was very early on in, in, you know, my career. So I kind of felt since then, like there's, there's, there's comedy and there's a way to find the funny in just about everything. Maybe sometimes you just need to take a moment and, and, you know, or sometimes you just have to relentlessly keep writing and, and plugging away on it. Back up a little bit and see it for what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's coming up for you now? Do you have time to do other things once the season starts here? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just did a, I, sometimes I do things like on hiatus and then sometimes sort of, um, you know, at night I, you know, I, I worked on a thing, um, last year with uh matt bronger 
um, it's a comedian out in LA and, and we did a, a series for Comedy Central called White Flight. It's a, it's a digital series. And uh, so that's, that's just come out. So we're kind of out there plugging and promoting that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, if I get an idea and it's something I want to do, then I, I do my best to, to write it and make it happen and shoot it. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much, Mr. Avery. I can't wait for your Thank next you. season. And I'm going to watch um, your new digital series as well. And, and this was great. Thank you for taking the time in the middle of the blizzard. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Kevin Avery. This season of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver premieres Sunday, February 14th. And thank you for listening. Please join us on Twitter at PodPopCulture or go to the homepage, popcultureconfidential.com. This show was edited by Tom Hansen, music by Carl Boy, produced by René Wittestedt and myself. I'm Christina jörling Biro. Thank you so much. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right.